What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And now, tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, the story of two people and the terror that robes them in the city. We call it Backseat Driver. So now, starring Miss Vivi Janice and Mr. Parley Bear, here is tonight's suspense play, Backseat Driver. It can't happen to you. You read about stuff like that in the papers. Girls murdered and mutilated, drunks left dying in the gutter for the handful of change they had in their pockets. Lonesome old men tortured because some hoodlum gets the idea of their misers with a pot of gold hidden under the floorboards of the shack. Sure, you know it's real, but it can't happen to you. Or you get your fair share of trouble. I've been a professional man here in Los Angeles for 20 years. I've met up with bums and grifters and petty sharpers. They're around in any business. But the viciousness, the real deep-down dirt, that's for somebody else. You do your work and you go home to your family, and for a real bang-up evening to break the monotony, you take your wife out to a movie. That's what I did that Saturday night. We'd driven all the way in from San Fernando Valley to Beverly Hills for a picture Ellie specially wanted to see. Wasn't that a good movie, Joe? Mm-hmm. Just the kind I like. Songs and dancing and girls in pretty clothes. I get so tired of cops and robbers. What's wrong with cops and robbers? Oh, you know what I mean. Murder movies, honestly. All the policemen stupid and all the crooks sneering out of the corners of their mouths. (laughs) (laughs) This stuff those Hollywood boys dream of. You'd think the streets were knee-deep in blood and you couldn't hear yourself think for machine guns. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you get him first, honey. Okay. Uh, I don't think your door's closed tight, honey. Oh. Oh, don't forget about the gas. Oh, I got plenty to take us out of the valley. I'll fill up it, Bill. Mm. Remember how that song goes, Joe? What song? In the picture. You know, Two on the Moon. The one the boy sang to the girl. Well, that one... Let's see. She died. Oh, heck, I don't know. Well, we'll hear it again on the radio. How about turning it on? Set our KNX. We ought to get some news in a few minutes. I'd like to hear where they caught that fellow. That murderer? Mm-hmm. They spotted him in L.A. this afternoon, but he got away. I know. You told us something. <sighs> Makes you shiver. Oh, don't worry. He won't get away with it.
We left the lights of Beverly Hills behind us. I turned into Coldwater Canyon. It's as quick a way as any to get us across the Hollywood Hills to the valley. It's dark in the canyon, quiet, with mighty little traffic at night. I flipped my lights up full, and we swept up the side of the ridge. The news program came on, but I didn't pay much attention. The fellow was talking about brush fires. They'd already put out the one near my place, but they were still patrolling it. We were over the ridge and sliding down to the valley before the program got to the part I wanted to hear. Oh, there it is. Yes, put it up higher, Ellen. Before the headlights caught our passenger clean in my rear view mirror. 
He was hunched forward, sitting on the edge of the back seat so as he could keep the gun rammed into the nape of Ellie's neck. He had light brown hair, pale eyes, and a nose that slanted. His mouth twitched, jittery. As the car went by, his eyes caught mine in the mirror and flickered. Keep your eyes on the road. Sure. Sure. Lose your hat? Right, boy. Like I said, you know all the answers. No, I didn't lose it. I stuffed it down a drain. Still wearing the blue suit, though. I figured it'd change pretty quick now. Think yours will fit? You can have the suit and the car. Just let us. Shut up. Let's see if you can both keep light enough to keep your trap shut. Turn left on Ventura. Take the slow lane. Don't try playing little tricks. I've been here before. Okay by me. That's real wide of you. Straight out to open country, Mac. Then I'll take the missus up on that offer, the suit and the car. What happens to us? I just walk home. What else? Play it safe and you ain't got a thing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Once we got out into open country, we didn't have a chance of walking away from that car. All a murderer can hope for is time. He doesn't leave witnesses around to get the law on his tail one second sooner than necessary. All I could do was stall and pray and make what feeble gestures I could at Lady Luck. The thing that came into my mind was so risky it brought my hair up on end, but there was a chance provided that trigger finger didn't start jerking. In the bright lights of the boulevard, I didn't think he'd notice, but a traffic officer would. I turned into Ventura and took the far lane, obedient as a whip pup. We must have made two or three miles before I heard what I was hoping for. What's that? Hmm? An ambulance, I guess. We hear a lot of them here in the valley. There ain't no ambulance. It's a motorcycle cop. No. It's young Mike Kennedy. He patrols this. Well, what are you up to? What are you trying to pull? Nothing. The kid's a friend you think you get me easy, huh? I want you. I ain't going alone. You are. Listen, ask listen, will you? The kid lives near us. Practically grew up under our feet. All he wants is to pass the time of day or maybe send a message to our Annie. Yeah? Yeah. You start popping down, we'll all be dead. Keep your shirt on and I'll get rid of him. Okay. But, buddy, it better be good. came up alongside. He sat balancing the bike between his knees and the grin on his face was a mile wide. It had worked. At least we were still alive and Mike wasn't two feet away. But where'd we go from here? I had to think, but my brain was wet wool and my tongue stuck to the roof of my mouth. Good evening, sir. Well, what do you know if it isn't Uncle Joe? <laughs> Something... <laughs> Funny, kid? Well, after all the times you've read us, the right act about observing the letter of the law. <laughs> oh, brother, wait till I tell Annie. What's the matter with you, Mike? I didn't notice anything wrong. Hi, Aunt Ellie. Oh, nothing much the matter. Just Uncle Joe here proceeding sedately out the boulevard with his headlights up full. Headlights? My golly, that's right. I, I, I must have forgotten to dim them. Yeah, we oughtn't to forget these things. Someday a big bad cop might come along and haul you off to the stairs. Oh. oh, hello. Uh, this is our new neighbor, Mike. Mr. Anderson. All right. Well, glad to meet you, sir. Oh. I didn't know there were any vacancies out our way. Well, there weren't until recently. Uh, Mr. Anderson has 
taken the Charles place. The Charles place? You kidding? No. At last, it looks like things got too much for old man Charles. He's clearing out for good. Kind of sudden, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, it's too bad. Old man Charles, I mean. <laughs> Mighty nice for Mr. Anderson, though. Good places are hard to find these days. All right, Uncle Joe, I'll let you off this time. Give my love to Annie. Uh, Mike. Yes, sir? What you Nothing. Come see us soon, boy. Always glad to have you. Oh, thanks. I'll be around my next night off. Got a date with Annie. Well, so long. That was that. Mike turned his bike and headed back down the boulevard. The chance had come and gone. But it felt to me like half my mind went off of that boy yelling at him. Must have been half a minute before I could pull myself together and ease back into traffic. Nobody said anything. I I didn't dare to, neither did Ellie. I couldn't see her, but I could feel her holding herself stiff as a ramrod, scared even to turn her head. When two people have lived together as long as we have, each one knows what the other one's thinking. I went back to driving and praying. That and cutting my eyes up to the mirror just in case there might be a white motorcycle eye following us. There wasn't, of course. In the back, I knew he was watching, too. Those flickering eyes darting like lightning between us and the rear window. The way I'd figured it, We'd started out with just about enough gas to get us back to Bill's station. When we hit that, the meter ought to show empty. The gas gauge was hidden from me by the rim of the steering wheel, but I was pretty sure I was right. I waited until I saw the red and green lights above Bill's pumps a block and a half away, and then, very slow and easy, I slumped over for a peek at the gauge. I leaned just a little too far. Sit up, Sure. What now? What were you looking at? I was just easing the crick out of my neck. Yes, you were. You were looking at the dash. You... So that's it, huh? Fresh out of gas. Now, look, I just remembered it. Don't give me that. You know it all along. From now on, you keep your hands on the wheel, Mac, but let me do the driving. And in that filling station, get high-test gas and fill it up. Hi, Joe. Evening, Ellie. Uh, hi, Bill. Evening, Bill. Oh, evening, sir. Yeah. Up to the top? Uh, yep. Ethel. Ethel it is. Here you've been to the pictures. Uh, yeah. These people know everybody in the whole valley. Well, we've lived here 20 years. From back when this was farmland, of course we know lots of people. I don't like it. Just get five and get out of here. Uh, make it five, Bill. Okay. Say, I was up to Miranda's for supper. Oh, is that right? Boy, her chili gets better every time. Don't see how it can, but it does. She's saving some for you, you know. Said you'd be around after the show. Oh, my. I saw Miranda this afternoon, told her we'd be by for sure. Well, that'll be a dollar fifty on the nose. Dollar and a half. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Well, same to you. What was all that about, that Miranda stuff? Nothing much. Come on, come on, i got to ask you everything twice. Miranda runs a drive-in up the road a ways. On show nights, we usually drop in for a carton of chili to take home. I just hope she won't call home if we don't show up and get Annie all worried. Wait a minute. 
drive-in, you said? Yeah. Miranda could start checking on you? Oh, no, I didn't mean that. It's just that... She could call your Annie, and between the two of them, they'd have the cops on the lookout for you before midnight, Oh, huh? you're crazy. Yeah, like a fox. I ain't kept ahead of the buttons all this time by taking chances. We'll just pick up that chilly man. You want me to go to Miranda's? Why not? Leave Annie get a beauty sleep. I can cover a lot of ground before tomorrow morning. I ain't eaten so good lately. I could use the food, too. With you and the missus to front for me... What's to worry about? He was right about that. I went back to driving, praying. Miranda's place one of those goldfish bowls, mostly glass, with light pouring out across the space marked for outside service. She saw us pulling up, grabbed a quart carton off the back shelf, and hustled to the door. Here you are, Ellie. I was just saying to Betsy, you better fix up that chili, Betsy. It's about time Ellie and Joe were showing up, figuring the distance from Beverly Hills. Oh, who's that in the back seat? I don't seem to recollect your face, young man. Though anybody will tell you, I never forget a face. Well, this is Mr. Anderson, Miranda. He just came out from the east. Oh, as a matter of fact, say, Joe, you planning to go straight up then for a home? Why, sure. Well, don't you do it. Go the back way, even if it does take longer. Of course, that brush fire between here and your place is out, but there's still 50, 60 men patrolling it. What's that? But that ain't nothing to what's going on further out the valley. That new fire's clean out of control, licking up hundreds of acres. They've been sending truckloads of firefighters past here all evening. Road's blocked for miles, they tell me. The road is blocked? For miles, they tell me. All them poor ranchers losing their homes. Being from the East, mister, you wouldn't understand. But brush fires is awful things once they get yeah, out of control. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, Joe, suppose we start moving, huh? Let's take the back way to your house. To our house? What's that? You staying with Ellie and Joe? Yeah, until, uh, until I can get into my own place. What are we waiting for, Joe? Uh, good night, Miranda. Good night. Well, goodbye. Be sure you come see me, Mr. Anderson. I'll be looking for you. So there it was. We weren't going to the country. We weren't going to be left to rot at the foot of a cliff or buried deep in brush. No, we were going home. Home to the kids. And taking a murderer with us. I still couldn't see Ellie, but I could feel her tensing up tight as a pulled drawstring. Mr. Matrick, you didn't mean what you said, did you, about coming home with us? You know a better place I can hide out until the road's open? Well, it wouldn't be safe. We've got neighbors close all around if somebody see you. Nobody's going to see me. Nobody better. Joe, couldn't we go round the fire? Yeah. Yeah, we could. That'd be better. We could try. There are other roads through the valley. Now, listen, Matrick, we'll nose around and find a way through somehow. Cut it out. You heard the old pity, hundreds of acres burning, firefighters, cops. Get off the highway. We're going home. No. No, I won't have it. Joe, you stop the car right here. Shut up. You heard me, Joe. I won't have him in my house, not with Annie and Buck. I said shut up. But stop it, I tell you. It doesn't matter about us. It's the kids. I won't let him touch you. One more word out of you and I will... Joe, stop. Ellen, shut up. Don't say another thing. I'm... I'm sorry, honey, but... Matrick's the boss. We've got to do like he says. Yeah. That's telling her. Sure, you do like I say and everything's going to be rosy. 
You got no call to worry about the kids. I like kids. As long as nobody gives me the brush off. We'll wake them up as soon as we get home. You and his auntie can fix up a chili supper for us. Huh? We'll have a picnic. <laughs> and as soon as the fire's out, we'll all take a trip to the country. Another picnic, huh? a long time, but it had to come to an end. I saw the bulk of the house looming up. There was light sneaking around the edges of the blinds up in Annie's room. She wasn't asleep after all. She'd been sitting up in bed, maybe plastering red stuff on her fingers and dreaming about the date with Mike. Bud's room was dark. He'd be wrapped in covers like a cocoon and dreaming whatever boys dream. I couldn't remember. I pulled up to the concrete walk I'd poured with my own hands before there was any Annie or Bud, and I cut the light. In a second or two, my eyes got used to the dark. I could make out the high head jelly planted around the place and our roof rising up beyond it. Out, Mrs. Face the house. Now you, Mac. Slide out the same side. Stand beside her. to the door. Slow, no funny business. I'm right behind you. Look out! Oh, oh, God. God. Can you call me? Hold it, boy! It's okay, Mike. I got... You all right, Uncle Joe? And Ellie? Ellie. Ellie, you all right? All right, indeed. Smack flat on my face on a concrete walk and you falling on me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with her. Uh, that's my girl. Well, just don't stand there. Help me up. Here. There we are. Get in the house before the kids come busting out here. I won't have them mixed up in here. Well, how's he doing, boy? I got him through the gun hand in the right shoulder, see? <sighs> lucky shot, cop. <laughs> you weren't lucky you'd all be cold meat by now. Maybe. Matrick, isn't it, Uncle Joe? That's him. Miranda described him to you? Mm. The old girl doesn't miss a trick. She even knew you were taking the back way home. You left a clear trail, Uncle Joe. That's slick work. I had to get him out of the car before the fireworks started. Ellie didn't stand a chance. She helped, though. Ellie catches on quick. I'll bet. Mean guy like Matrick, you make him think you don't want him to do something, and he'll break his neck doing it. I looked on how I was trying to run out of gas, and that got us to Bill's. Then we both made out there was no sense going to Miranda's, so we get bold into going to Miranda's. It was a thousand to one she'd run off at the mouth off the brush fires and scare him into hiding out. After that, all Ellie had to do was turn on the hysterics, and he was dead set on coming here. Yeah, yeah, bright boy, like I said. Yeah, bright enough. You did all right, too, Mike. I was watching the rearview mirror all the time you were trailing us, but you never showed. You know I was there, though. When one officer starts double-talking another officer, he wants to know why. What officer? What double-talk? You never said a thing to him except that I bought some place out here. Yeah. But Charles' place. Yeah, poor old man Charles. In a tough spot. Moving out for good. What's wrong with that? Hey, Matrick, didn't anybody ever tell you it wasn't smart to take up with strangers? Maybe I'd better introduce myself. My name's Charles. Joe Charles, detective, homicide. Tonight I was off duty, just taking my wife to a movie. Mr. Parley Bear and Miss Vivi Janice starred in 
tonight's presentation of Backseat Driver. Next week, the story of twin identities in crime. It is based upon fact. We call it the greatest thief in the world. That's next week on Suspense. and directed by Anthony Ellis. Tonight's script was written by Miss Sally Thorson. The music was composed by Rennie Garrigan and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Featured in the cast were Larry Thor, Tony Barrett, Jack Edwards, Joe Cranston, and Helen Cleave. The star's address is the CBS Radio Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.